Hello again, beautiful beings of light. Welcome back to another Expand Podcast episode with yours truly, Elizabeth April. First of all, I just want to say how grateful I am to have all of you here and taking the time out of your busy day, your busy schedule to listen to these and get inspired and raise your vibration and expand your mind because you being here really does fulfill my purpose in reminding you who you really are. Today, I want to talk about star seeds and OCD and really planning for the worst case scenario. I want to talk about this because I personally <laughs> create this in my world almost every day. And through my own recognition of doing this, I figured there's probably some of you out there who also contribute to this kind of behavior, which essentially contributes to manifesting a lower vibrational frequency and manifesting timelines that are not aligned to the highest potential. So I guess before we begin, I just want to say, I want to talk about timelines a little bit here. So I do believe that there are an infinite number of timelines. Like, okay, this is how I visually see timelines. For every moment, for every thought, for every action or reaction, there are all of these parallel thoughts, actions, and reactions that you could take. It's kind of like putting two mirrors together and you're standing in between both of the mirrors and you see yourself infinitely to the left and you see yourself infinitely to the right and you may not notice the difference between you and the parallel selves beside you, but there are. There are differences, very fine, minute differences between all of those parallel timelines. And so... What I find is, you know, of course, our focus, our direction, our intention really creates the timeline that we hop into. Between the focus or the intention that we have and the creation of the thing that we're focused on, there are so many different variables, there are so many different pathways, there are so many different options and directions to go into and, and choices to make. So it's so up to us, right? To really pretend to be the victim in our reality is defeating. It's so unnecessary. It's so distracting from our true essence, from our true power. We need to remember that we always have a choice. And especially in this very expansive, shifting quantum age of, you know, 3D to 5D, we have more and more choices. We have more and more options as we move ahead. And so I want to talk about OCD a little bit. Now, before I talk about this, I am not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not licensed in any sort of way. I'm not a med student. I don't know the lingo. The extent of what I know about OCD is what it stands for, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. And there's so many different variations and, and people who are on the spectrum with this. I think really any sort of diagnosis, there is a spectrum to it. 
What I do know about anxiety and OCD is my own experience, and through challenge with my own experience, I have done a lot of channeling around it. So that I just wanted to kind of preface to say that this may not be what you're used to hearing about these things, because I, I come from a very different lens, and it doesn't also mean that because my lens is different or it's channeled, it doesn't mean that it's right, okay? This is just my own experience, but I'm hoping, as always, that my own experience can lend credence or validation or just give you what you need so that you can move forward from this. So here's what I notice about my own OCD tendencies, and I've never been diagnosed, but I do believe that I have these tendencies. And I also believe that everyone has variations of anxiety and OCD, and I do kind of interlace the two. They're very, very different, but I mention them simultaneously because having OCD tendencies will essentially result in anxiety, but they're not synonymous, which means that one does not necessarily always create the other. For example, you can have anxiety and it has nothing to do with obsessive compulsive disorder. So yeah, just, just keeping all of that in mind uh, and taking everything with a grain of salt as per usual. So I'll kind of describe my own experience with OCD and, you know, they're all silly examples, but I guess, you know, a lot of the times this is what holds us back with OCD is that they're, they're just stupid things throughout our day that don't really matter, that feel like a really big deal to us. So, for example, I'll just kind of throw my wife under the bus because usually my OCD comes through with her. If she puts a glass of ice water on a wood table and I move the cup over to a coaster and she takes a sip and she's talking and she's engaging with other people and then she puts it back on the wood table and I put it back on the coaster and I wipe the condensation and it's this repetitive cycle. So the initial thought is the obsession and I always find that the obsession part of OCD, for me anyway, is the thoughts in my mind. Oh my God, that's such a bad thing to do. And what if the worst case scenario happens and the wood table is damaged forever, you know? And, that, and that's just kind of the worst case scenario out of that example. So that's kind of the obsessive of OCD is the thinking behind it, the thoughts behind it, the obsessive thoughts about this thing. And typically those obsessive thoughts come down to the worst case scenario. And then the compulsion is like, think about the obsessive thoughts like energy, maybe like an energy in a volcano, and the energy is building. The obsessive thoughts are building and building and building, and it makes you feel so uncomfortable to sit there and think about the worst case scenario with this thing, could be anything, that it leads you to a compulsion. And the compulsion I find anyway is usually always the action. So the action in my case is in order to prevent the compulsion, 
whether that be prevent either the worst case scenario or just simply prevent my freaking thoughts from going around the worst case scenario, I then have to take an action, which is the compulsion. And I think that the word compulsion is used because in that moment when we take an action around an obsessive thought, it feels like we don't have a choice around it. It feels like it's not our choice to take that action. It feels like something really, really bad is going to happen or continue to happen if we do not take action. Now, to the point where, you know, there are individuals and previous clients of mine and previous clients who were parents of children who had extreme versions of OCD, you know, and, and there's so many different reasons why this comes up, which we might get to in this episode, but, you know, some of the extreme versions are, I will die if I don't knock on the door three times, check the lock 10 times, wash my hands 15 times in a very particular way, and all of a sudden four hours of your day has gone by just taking action around the compulsion. And all we see when we look at people who are severely OCD right, lining things up or whatever, all we see when we observe them is the action that they're taking. But what we don't see is the obsession, right, behind and before the action and the compulsion that they, they have and the, and the action that they take. And so I think we all experience OCD in very minor ways compared to some people who are really on the spectrum of OCD, I really do believe that when it comes down to mental health disorders, once again, I'm not a psychologist and I don't make diagnoses. And, and personally, I've not been diagnosed with anything on, on that level, although I haven't been tested for everything either. But I, I really believe that there's really only a diagnosis if the mental health issue or disorder is negatively impacting your day-to-day functions of life if that makes sense. So for me, you know, for a while, I thought that I had split personality or DID, dissociative identity disorder. Um, Not that I even really knew what that was. But for many, many years, I felt like I was two people living in the same body. I think a lot of that has to do with just simply being a starseed and saying, I don't feel human. I really don't feel like this body is my own. And I really feel like an alien walking around even if you didn't believe in aliens. There's a lot of starseeds who feel that way. And so when I went through like a 300-question survey and talked to a psychologist about it, she said, oh, well, you might have something called DID or Dissociative Identity Disorder. And when I did all of the testing, she basically came back and said, yeah, I mean, there's hints here of, you know, aspects of this but I can't fully diagnose you because it's not impeding your life in a negative way. Like for example, with DID, it would be, you know, I'm blacking out and all of a sudden two hours went by and I'm like, I don't know what I was doing for the last two hours, but there was a part of me that came out that was, you know, making plans or buying stuff online or whatever. And none none of that happens, right? Like I have full conscious awareness and control over my life. And I literally just feel like, you know, I'm not just Elizabeth, right? So yeah, so it's, it's important to understand that, you know, we all have these aspects, but if it doesn't fully 
disturb you from your ongoings of your day, then it's most likely not something that you need to kind of identify with, if that makes sense. But I do believe that it's really important to figure out our OCD tendencies. And I actually have a solution for the OCD tendencies as well that I want to bring through here. So when I was a kid, I had my favorite Beanie Babies. That was like the 90s, totally. And I was obsessed with Beanie Babies and I had little outfits for them and whatever. I still have them hanging around. So I would sit in the passenger seat of a car or even in the back seat. And if the window was down and I was enjoying the cool air, you know, hitting my face or whatever, and I had my Beanie Baby in my lap, I would be so worried that I would throw, this is weird, but throw my Beanie Baby out the window. Worst case scenario. The obsession was, I'm going to throw my Beanie Baby out the window. There's no rationale behind that. Why would I do that? It doesn't matter. That is the worst case scenario, is I just chuck it out the window. And because of that obsession, I would have to roll up the window. Yes, I said roll up totally aging myself for younger viewers, but I would, I would have to roll up the window in order to squash the obsession. And so the compulsion there is the need to roll up the window to ensure that my beating baby had its safety, right? Like uh, another example, which is, you know, it's, we're kind of bringing in another concept here, which is something called intrusive thoughts, which I think from more of a mental health aspect or, or terminology or perspective, intrusive thoughts is it really comes down to I mean it kind of explains itself but thoughts that come into your mind that don't feel like they're yours and they're disturbing most of the time so I feel like intrusive thoughts are another aspect of just simply the worst case scenario you know maybe five or six years ago now I felt very I don't want to say stuck but I, I think I was having issues in in my relationship at the time and I was really out of my body a lot of the time, and there wasn't really much progress, essentially. And so I would be driving on the highway, and I'd be going really fast, and I would go over a bridge. And all of a sudden, I would have the thought, is this really real? Like, why does this look like a movie? Like, I, it was almost like I was so out of my body, it just didn't feel like real life. Like it felt like a dream a lot of the time. And I think that that's a coping mechanism for us who don't want to be here. It's kind of like pinch me. Is this real, right? Pinch my arm um, to make it real. And so I kind of had this thought often of what if I just drive off a bridge? What if I just go off the highway? Like, would that wake me up? Would that put me in the present? Would that, you know? And so I would have the obsessive thought around that and then the compulsion was essentially to prevent that thought from occurring, that, that thought from occurring into reality. I would grip the steering wheel with both hands. And sometimes I would put on the AC and I would blast it in my face or I would blast my music really loud just to get me present. You know what I mean? Luckily, I'm way better and I've got my different mechanisms now that really help me with presence. But yeah, I wanted to bring kind of some of those examples up. And I think that OCD and anxiety and intrusive thoughts are all things that starseeds deal with often. So what I want to get to here is we need to stop planning for the worst case scenario. 
And the reason why I think we have these initial thoughts going to the worst case scenario is because of past lives. Now, what's really beautiful is, you know, regarding the new humans and these starseed kids that are coming to the planet, they're all crystalline energy. They're all, they're coming here. They don't have karma. They don't have past lifetimes. They are so free as a freaking soul. It makes me envious, right? Because, you know, they don't have to worry about the fears and the apprehensions and the persecution and all of that. That we, we came into this lifetime, a lot of us anyway, with baggage, with so much baggage, And what happens is that when we have this baggage from karmically from past lifetimes, we feel that we have to prepare ourselves for the worst case scenario. And if we don't, we're screwed, essentially. So it's really important that we're aware of this. We're aware of where this comes from you know, preparing for the worst case scenario as a defense mechanism. It's kind of like the saying of like, I don't know if this is a saying, but I think we've all been there of, I'm going to make sure that I plan for disappointment so that you can't disappoint me. And I get where this sentiment comes from because I've used this pretty much my whole life of the sentiment essentially comes from empowerment. We feel like we don't want to give our power away by expecting something and then having that person or that situation disappoint us. So in order to avoid, in our minds, the eventual disappointment of this thing, I'm just going to think about the worst case scenario. I'm going to already think that I'm going to get disappointed and then I prevent disappointment and then I'm good. And then if the worst case scenario happens, I'm not disappointed and haha, I've got my power back. So fuck you for, you know, thinking that you're going to disappoint me because you can't because I already disappointed myself. You know, it's like I call that, you know what I call that? Human logic. That is human logic because I truly believe that human and logic should never be in the same sentence together. We are emotional creatures. We are driven by fear. We are driven by fight or flight. We are driven by survivalistic tendencies and expecting the worst case scenario is a survival tendency that we have adopted. (laughs) And we mostly adopted it from past lives where we have been disappointed, from childhood where we have been disappointed, and on and on and on. (sighs) So stop. Stop doing them. Stop planning for the worst case scenario because you're only ever creating and perpetuating the worst case scenario in your life today by doing that. I've said this before, but all of our thoughts, all of our focus create our reality. So if half the time, if 90% of your day is focused on protecting yourself from the worst case scenario by projecting the worst case scenario via thinking about the worst case scenario, then you're just caught in a spiral. So here, do you want to know how to get over this? Here's how you do it. This is awesome. It's such a powerful quantum technique that if you apply to your life today, I promise you blocks will shift, things will move, opportunities will arise, your vibration will lift, so many things will change because it has for me. Not to say that I'm not there still, 
But I would say that it went from 80, 90% of my day projecting the disappointment and the anxiety and the worst case scenario and the, you know, the obsession around silly things that didn't matter into probably 10% of my day, 15% of my day going back there. And then when I do go back there, I recognize it. And I do this technique and nine times out of 10, it helps me and it works. The other, you know, one time out of 10 where it doesn't work, I just have to reapply it over and over and over again. So here's the technique. When we have an obsession that we know is not good, it's not positive, essentially the worst case scenario is doing the compulsion behind the obsession, taking action around the obsession. The reason why that's the worst case scenario is because we're making ourselves feel less anxious by taking action in order to let go of the obsession tendencies and the anxiety, to let go and release that energy. We're taking action. But all that means is that we are completing the cycle. We are fulfilling the need to take action to make ourselves feel better around the obsession. It's almost like we're validating, you know, hey, human, it's okay that you think in that negative way because I have an immediate solution, which is to move the cup onto the coaster. But what happens is you don't actually solve the problem because when the cup is off the coaster again, you're going to have the same anxiety again. And on and on and on and on. And we build these obsessions. We build the compulsions. We build the things in our life to the point where you're 65 years old and you're like, holy shit, my whole day is overrun with OCD and anxiety. (laughs) Um, Oh, I want to mention one more thing about OCD that I find in my own life is that there's a control aspect here. If you feel out, like, for example, I felt out of control back in the day with my relationship Therefore, I needed to gain access to more control in my life by controlling the little shitty things that didn't actually matter, you know? And these days, I feel like I have utter control without needing control, and I don't have the OCD as much, right? So, yeah, so the control tendencies is a huge part of that. And of course, control tendencies for starseeds is massive because we come to this planet and we feel like we're, we're one person up against the system. And that's why it's so important for us to understand that there is a unifier here, which is all of us. We're all here together, right? So here's what you do when you observe something in your life that you're obsessing about. Once again, try to stop yourself by recognizing the thought before you take the action. If you recognize that you're taking action around a negative thought, that's totally okay The more and more that you're aware of this, the more that you recognize this, the faster you'll be at stopping yourself from taking action altogether, right? And then eventually the negative thoughts themselves, the obsessive thoughts themselves will stop as well. So when you recognize an obsessive thought, the best thing you can do, which sounds so counterproductive, is to really think about the worst case scenario. And think about the worst case scenario long enough so that you're no longer disturbed by it. Okay, good example. Last night, Nat and I were watching a true crime. Whatever, we always watch true crime, so it doesn't even matter what it was. But it was was a pretty intense one. It was like a whole series around this one guy. And yeah, it, it just really stuck out. Anyway, so 
she's passed out now beside me. I'm continuing to watch this like intense true crime thing. And I start to hear this weird clicking in the other room and I get all freaked out. And I'm like, if someone were to come in right now and kill us, I don't have a weapon. I don't, I can't defend myself. And I knew that I had a baseball bat somewhere, probably in like the garage or something. And so I was literally so close to getting up at like midnight Going out with a flashlight, once again, it's like, if I really think someone's out there, it's like the worst case, like worst thing to do. But this is what we do when we have obsessive thoughts is we we really, it's not logical. So I was so close to getting up and going to find a freaking baseball bat to defend myself against this invisible intruder that I've now made up in my mind. And I recognized the thoughts in my mind. And very calmly, <laughs> I reminded myself that... If there was an intruder, if they did, worst case scenario, kill me or Nat or the dog or whatever, it's all aligned to the highest timelines. It's like uh, I had to remind myself, I said to myself last night, I'm like, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yes. Okay, great. Do you believe that if you were gone tomorrow, you have done enough for the world? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, done. Done. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, really, it's like done at the first statement, which is, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yes. Okay, great. So if you're gone tomorrow, whether it be an a intruder, um, a car accident, uh, a, a freak health concern, then you're, that's your time. Then, and, and, and I had to remind myself that that's what I believe. <laughs> and so I went to the worst case scenario. I didn't get up and get a bat. I didn't try and defend myself against my own thoughts, really. I reminded myself that if I were to die tonight, I'm okay with that. I went to the worst case scenario and I neutralized it by accepting it. And that's what we need to do. So for the coaster on the wood table, worst case scenario is she doesn't just leave one moisture ring on the table. She leaves five moisture rings on the table. Oh my God, right? You know, if it's really an issue, go out, sand it, you restain it, you know, you're good to go, right? If it's really an issue, you can figure it out. And besides, it's all just an illusion. It's all just material shit. A lot of our OCD tendencies are around things that don't actually freaking matter. And the worst OCD tendency we can have is, I'm going to die if I don't do this thing. That's the worst case. And if you're okay with understanding that everything happens for a reason, and then if it's your time to go, you're, it's your time to go. And you're off to another place, a much better place, mind you. So then that's okay. And all of a sudden, those, those fears are neutralized. The thoughts are neutralized. And any time the, the same situation, you're watching a true crime or, you know, your husband or wife is putting rings on the wood dining table or whatever— when that comes up again, you're not going to have the same fears, the same obsession, the same compulsion again, because you squashed it once and for all. And if you forget about how you squashed it, you just do it again. Hey, worst case scenario, doesn't matter anyway. It's okay. You move on. You live or you don't. And that's okay. You know, it's almost like any fear before death is unreasonable. It doesn't matter if you lose, like, if you had a fear, right, an irrational fear, probably coming from a past life of, you know, losing everything you own in a fire. 
Who cares? It's all just material shit. As long as you, your family, everyone's good, it's good. You know, just anything that upsets you. If it's anything other than death, it's completely irrational because you're just getting your, your mind caught up in this illusionary reality and you can't take any of this shit with you anyway. It's not a big deal. I don't want to say that the fear of death is irrational because that is the true ending of everything that we think we know in this moment. It's completely rational to have a fear of death. But when you start to open up to energies and vibration and and cosmic and everything else other than the material, it becomes irrational because death is also an illusion. You see where I'm going with this? So I want to remind you that you're not a bad person or a bad starseed for having OCD tendencies. That's totally normal. And I have them too. And, and that's okay. It's totally okay. But this technique is going to help you once and for all just really squash and deter any of that energy moving forward. It's worked for me. I continue to apply it almost every day like I did last night. And guess what? I'm alive. Guess what? There was no intruder. <laughs> How amazing is that, right? So we have to start looking at our actions why am I taking this action? We start to realize that we're taking a lot of actions for fear of the repercussion if we don't take that action. Holy fuck, we're living in fear, right? Like, seriously, I'm telling you, 80, 90% of your actions per day is to avoid the worst case scenario. And what is the, I mean, it's, it's our subjective opinion of what the worst case scenario is. Some, some artist might love the condensation rings on a wood table. That might be a totally cool, artsy thing to do, <laughs> right? Who, who are you to say that that's the worst case scenario, right? So, I mean, we can even go deeper with this concept. But I want you, Starseed, I want you to think about and look at and observe, bring awareness and freaking question every action that you take in your day. Now, I find a lot of the times... I will, especially when I'm around other people, say certain things or take actions that I think are going to make that person feel more comfortable. Same thing. You're not doing that out of just a pure, you know, moment of being present. I'm doing that because I think that they're thinking a certain thing. So I'm going to do this to make them feel better. But who's to say they're thinking that? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just like we really start to realize that everything we do Everything that we say, every action that we take is actually shrouded around a bunch of bullshit illusion. So I'm not even going to get into what the truth is behind a pure action, behind a pure thought, because that's a whole other episode. But what I want to leave you off with is please question everything and go to the worst case scenario at a quantum level in your mind to neutralize the need for compulsion or action around the worst case scenario. And I guarantee that the worst case scenario thoughts are going to finally end. And you're not going to have to continuously feed into that and worry about that and have anxiety about that, whatever it may be, even death, even death. I hope that this helped you as much as this has helped me. Please be sure to review the podcast if you do enjoy it. 
And I also want to say that I have a masterclass out there. I'm actually redoing the audio. I'm redoing the graphics, but the content is the same because it's so freaking great. Even when I'm remastering this masterclass, I am loving the content. I'm reminding myself of how brilliant it is. And it's called the 3D to 5D Shift Masterclass. If you're stuck in repetitive programming, if you need guidance, if you need structure, if you need lessons, if you need just a direction to get out of being stuck and out of your old programming, this is the course for you. It's either eight weeks or 16 weeks. So it's essentially either two months or four months. And I would probably recommend the four months because every lesson is, is two weeks, okay? So definitely check it out. You can buy it now and either you're going to buy it and the new version is going to be out depending on when this podcast episode is released or you're going to buy it and you're going to have the old version and then we're just going to update you to the new version the second that that's released. But most likely the new version will be out because it's not too far away. All right. So just know that the support is out there for you. The community is out there for you. Um, And if you haven't already taken a look at my book, You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up. It talks about depression. It talks about anxiety. It talks about mental health. It talks about starseeds. It talks about the journey through awakening. So if this episode resonated with you, check out my book or go to Audible and check out my book on Audible. Just type in Elizabeth April. The book will pop up. I only have one right now. So you'll be able to find it. And I promise you, you it's a page turner. You're either going to binge listen to it and probably all in one day, or you're going to read it all in one day because it is really going to shift your frequency. All right. As always, I really appreciate your presence here. Keep up the good work, everyone. You are exactly where you need to be. And until next time, I will see all of you in the fifth dimension, non-anxiety, non-OCD tendencies, frequency. Bye for now.